Welcome to The Luxury Code, where we decode the mindset, the marketing, and the business approach of successful luxury brokers. Hey, welcome back to The Luxury Code. Today, I've got 58 transactions, $116 million in volume in 2021. Ian, in the house. Good to see you, man. Great to be here. Thanks, Tom. Ian, you've been a client for a long time. You kind of, mm-hmm. I, I would argue that you kind of grew up in the industry with us. Is yeah. that a fair, is that a fair statement? That is very fair. So last year, 58 transactions, you're in Silicon Valley, all the way through the Monterey Peninsula. That's a pretty big market. So today we're trying to unpack for people, like what does it take to work in the luxury marketplace? Mm-hmm. So my first question for you is like, were you intentional about going in luxury or did the Silicon Valley just become luxury? Uh, a little of column A, a little column B. I mean, I, I literally got in this business. My wife was pregnant. It was 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, we, we, uh, we, I, I just had to, you know, like everybody else in real estate, I just had to make something happen. Right. So that was kind of the first big, you know, things just like every other to struggle through it. Yeah. You know, I think my first transaction was 450,000 or something. Right. Like that. Right. You know, just, just get a, just get a deal under your belt. Right. Put, you know, put a buyer contract. Yeah. So, yeah, I think then we, um, you know, as time went on, um, you know, I met meeting you in, mm-hmm. I think, 2013 was when I first met you. You were still traveling and doing regional events oh, back then. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm still working, man. Yeah. I'm still working. Oh, I, you yeah. work probably as much or more. Yeah. But but back then you were on the road traveling right. and, right. Um, you know, lucky enough to, to have lunch with, um, with you and your brother. And yeah. I remember that was my first sort of introduction to the ecosystem mm-hmm. where we got to, to really like open my mind to what was possible. Yeah. You know, cause it, when you go to your, your daily real estate office, you know, I was at a big company yeah. and people are negative and they're, you know, they're, they're down Debbie downers and you know, Oh yeah. And I, I'm telling people like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they're like, you can't do that. That's impossible. <laughs> and so I, but then I came to your ecosystem and everyone's like, Oh no, you could, you do can this. do it. Ian. Let's go. You could sell 40 million. You, could, you know, I mean, that was all this big dream for me was, you know, 40 million. Yeah. Um, you know, now of course we're doing more than that. Yeah. So, so one of the questions that I know a lot of people are going to ask is like, you know, what are your main pillars of marketing and lead generation? Like, where does yeah. your, where does your business come from today? I mean, do you have Zillow? Do you work your database? Yeah. Do you have a farm? Do you do open houses? Like help us yeah. understand where the business comes from. Absolutely. So, I mean, I call it, we, we really have five main pillars and okay. I call them like the tried and true. Yeah. So number one, yep. every, every agent out there, you, you know, your sphere. Yeah. Call, call your sphere. Yeah. So, Thank so you. um, you know, may, you know, your, your main database and I call that like my core database, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's about probably about 400 people that, yeah. that if I were to call them, they know who I am. If I didn't, I haven't already done business with them. They've maybe thought about doing business with me or, right. or I'm going to court them to try to get their business. Right. Um, but their people, their connections. Yeah. Um, then the second one that's been kind of our main pillar, the pillar that really got my business going, um, was online lead gen. So yeah. um, I've done it all, you know, Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, um, all of them. Um, today we're Flex, you know, we're Flex partners, so we get the we get to do those as well. So that's been a big. It's probably still for our team, especially. I maybe closed like two Zillow leads last year. Yeah. Um, one of them was a big monster, like eight and a half million. But congrats. Um, but we did. Um, but we do. Uh, Flex is massive for my team, so sure. it's, it keeps my the Zillow leads keep my team busy mm-hmm. um, while they're building up their databases and and working on all these other pillars. Nice. Um, then, of course, we've got uh, geographic farming, um, and then uh, it's um, you know your your uh, kind of open house and farming around our listings would be the fourth. Yeah. Uh, it's you know big, so we do um, we do the mega open houses. I mean, obviously, COVID restrictions and stuff slowed down some of that. Sure. Um, you know, in our our we we love to throw parties, especially with our luxury listings. 
We like to, um, but marketing around, holding open houses, so leveraging our listings to get other listings. And the last one, which has been uh, massive for us with the with the Tom Ferry ecosystem, mm-hmm. is agent agent referrals. Yeah. I think we did. Yeah, I think we did about t- over twenty million. It was twenty twenty something million in agent agent referrals last year. That's incredible. That's like a sixth of your volume last year. Yeah, oh, it's massive. And I I, I realized. Um, we're trying to add up because this year has been strange. It's, you know, our unit count, like a lot of agents, our unit yeah. count is down. Yeah. Our volume is still, I mean, we're, yeah. we're at like, we're, we're, we're just under 20 million closed and pending this year already. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I was looking at my personal uh, transactions, just going like, man, what's going on? Like looking at my own business, trying to unpack how, how we're yeah. going to get to, we're yeah. trying to do 200 million this year. So yeah. how are we going to get there? And when I look to unpack it, um, I'm like, oh, I have a, a two million dollar new construction that I sold la- about a year ago. I'm like, well, that helps add to the volume, right? <laughs> and it was an agent. It was a top referral. <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, so one of the questions uh, that I love to ask people is just talk about your your discipline or routine when it comes to marketing or prospecting or calling sure. to your database specifically. Like, sure. what's a typical day or week look like for you? How many people are you going to talk to? When do you do it? How does that work? Yeah. So um, to, to unpack that, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I'm not the best at having this amazing schedule. Yeah. It's something I'm working on. I, 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 I honestly, I'll be, be real. I have a terrible <laughs> you looked right at the camera. Uh, I'm just I, keeping it real. People, I'm keeping it real. I have a terrible <laughs> yeah. schedule. Um, I, I always say I'm, I'm really good at a few things. Yeah. And so my entire career has been just to do the things I'm really good at, yeah. which, which is uh, coaching and helping my team. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, and it's, uh, present presentations, so listing presentations, buyer presentations, just be interfacing directly yep. with the client. Yeah, and then networking and and just being out there with yeah. you know, you know, and that's been kind of when we talk about luxury. That's kind of been my biggest biggest way of getting into the luxury market. So your coach told me that uh, that your version of prospecting sometimes could be like wine and food. Exactly. Help us understand that because someone's gonna be listening like. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? What if I don't drink, Ian? How does it work? Well, then you don't drink. Yes. Yeah, you, but ha- unpack that. What does that actually mean? So yeah, we we um, wine is like I mean we wine and food has been a big part of my life and Lauren my lifestyle for mm-hmm. a long time. I got yeah. into it when I was one of my first one of my first jobs when I was still trying to finish college. All that yeah. was bartending. Um, you know, I remember um, I was bartending to find a French restaurant in downtown Saratoga mm-hmm. and I'd have, have customers come in, order bottles of wine, like, hey, try this with us. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's, there's something to this wine stuff. Yeah. I was just a kid, you know, I was yeah. 20, 22 years old. Sure. And um, so at some point we started buying wine. We started wine tasting. Yeah. Um, my wife, so I grew up in a multicultural household. Mm-hmm. So I was always introduced to a lot of my dad. I'm half Indian. My mom's mm-hmm. from Belize. Yeah. So I grew up with all kinds of food, spicy food. Yeah. Never fine dining. My mm-hmm. dad would travel for business and he would be like, he, like I'd be like, oh, I want to go try this fancy restaurant. And he's like, he, he, he didn't want to do it because he, he yeah. just does it for business. Yeah. And um, and so to this day, he's still, you know, my dad likes, he likes simpler foods, but he likes, yes. you know, but they, we still eat interesting food. So food became this kind of important, um, it was always an important part of my life. So when my wife grew up in a family where her dad, like on birthdays, holidays, he would take the family out to really nice restaurants. Right. So when we got together, that sort of her her take on that transition to me, and so I started getting into, you know, to this day we when we're on vacation we travel and go to Michelin star restaurants and we we seek stuff out, you know we probably 
I won't go to tell how many bottles, but our wine cellar is getting ridiculous <laughs> to the point to where we've I've heard got- that from a few clients, especially in the luxury, uh, the luxury code. <laughs> we're, we're actually going to have to go get an offsite room to start putting wine because sure. we have nowhere to put it at the house anymore. So, I mean, even at, at Tom Ferry events, I'll, um, I have a, a shipper and I'll pack up like 12, I'll pack up a case of wine yeah. and I'll bring, and uh, when we do a dinner, you know, everyone, all the agents will throw in their card to pay for food, but I'll throw, I'll bring all the wine. Yeah. I'll put, I've brought magnums, like big magnums of wine, put them on the table, invited everybody out. Um, so again, yeah, I mean, networking, um, drinking fine wine has introduced me to a lot of, you know, great clients, friends, people yeah. who have, who have, people have recommended me to big, big client, bigger clients than them. Right. Um, and that, that connection, um, but for people, you know, for you guys out there, if you don't love wine, if you don't drink, so it could be anything that people in yeah. the luxury market or people in a higher price point, what products they're into. I mean, I said, right. I have a great agent friend who does, who sells more real estate than me and does all kinds of development deals. He got in, initially into luxury by, by buying a Ferrari and joining a car club. Yeah. You know, he even said at the time he, it was probably, he probably shouldn't have afforded the Ferrari, Sure, but it, he loved cars yeah. and that gave him that connection. Yeah. It's always interesting. Um, I, I think every, every, everybody listening is probably saying, yeah, like, well, what is that niche for me? Like, what is that thing? And, and, you know, people want to do business with people that are just like them, right? It's like, like that's the way it works. So whether it's cars or, or, Hey, we went to the same elementary in Saratoga. We went to the same high school, right? Exactly. Like, like a lot of that sort of like familiarity drives a level of trust, um, back on the marketing side. So if you're if you're doing your sphere, you're doing some Zillow Flex, you're doing geo farming, you're doing open houses, and then HH referrals, and and I appreciate the candor around your schedule, mm-hmm. but somehow you must be marketing, talking to, mm-hmm. sending videos to something with your sphere. So if I'm in your sphere, what do I receive in a typical month? Um, so we you get a everybody in our sphere gets a postcard once a month. Okay. Um, and those, um, our marketing team gets those out. So again, good. my total schedule, I am not a marketer. Yes. Yes. I am terrible at marketing. Yes. And I, I remember you joking. These are not good affirmations yet, but I know what you're saying. Yes. No, no, no. My yes. marketing team is wonderful at marketing. Yes. That's the affirmation. Yes. I am wonderful at going on the listing appointment and closing the appointment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I get a direct mail piece once a month. Do yeah. I get an email from you? Like what else so do I get? We do a uh, direct mail piece, uh, email, uh, quarterly phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do twice yearly gift and uh, two twice yearly events. Love it. Love it. And I mean, you look at like the the sort of core eight amongst our community of what generates mm-hmm. connections, stickiness, referrals, opportunities. Yeah. You're doing three or four of them. Um, talk to me about, in your experience, video as it relates to luxury marketing. Like, have you taken on video? Are yeah. you doing more video? What experience have you had? Do you recommend it? Talk to us. So, uh, um, two, two, three years ago, I was all in on video, mm-hmm. you know, selfie camera, raw videos yeah. going live all right. the time. Right. Um, and the funny thing is it got me business. Mm-hmm. And then about a year ago, or a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. business really took off. And I was like, man, my videos are terrible. And I should have kept do- doing them yeah. because people even say, oh, what happened to your videos? Right. Um, so after uh, Elite Retreat, we yeah. ca- it came back and um, I had already hired a videographer, but I sat there and you were, you know, you were, you were put out the roadmap. Yep. So now we changed the way we were doing. I was shooting like a couple of videos a month with my videographer. Yeah. Um, now we're booking a full day shoot once a month. Um, yeah. We just did one where we shot 13 videos. So yeah, we're going all in on video. Um, and I, I, I came, I realized, so I've, I've sold houses to tech executives who don't, right. don't barely, who don't even have social media accounts or, right. or they have them, but they, they never post anything. Yeah. Um, but what I've learned with the luxury clientele mm-hmm. is they, 
research you. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. I mean, you can, that's kind of where we talked about your connection to the market. I mean, you could mail these houses, you could do all this stuff. Um, and if you, they don't have some sort of tie to you, yeah. um, well, one of the greatest ties to you is a video. Because yes. when they Google you, they'll they'll put your name in, and those videos pop up, and then they they, they you know that gives some legitimacy to who you are, right? Um, because they you know, and I I found with luxury they don't always want to work with the with the main whale in the market. Like in my market, I'm a player in the market, but there's yeah. there's players that are bigger, way bigger than me. Yeah. Although we're definitely, if not, you're going the right direction. 100, 116 million is a lot of volume, but I'm with you. Well, with and, you. and and I noticed what what one of my goals in time, like a big portion of my volume is now specifically in the Los Gatos Saratoga markets. Yeah. And it used to be that I would just get one offs, a deal, you know, a transaction mm -hmm. or a transaction there. Now, mm -hmm. um, you know, my, you know, my, I, I've, my couple, my, I have, I closed, I, my goal is always to close two deals a month. Yeah. So the two that I've already closed this month were both in Los Gatos. So it's, you know, my personal business has really moved towards where I wanted to be. So that has also moved towards people saying, oh, I have a he has a track record. He's known in the market. Yeah. So it makes your other marketing more effective. And right. the videos tie in with that too. Yeah. Because if I send a mailer to someone's house, you know, I, I, I've noticed sellers, they collect the marketing and they're starting research. Okay, who am I going to interview this guy? I'm going to talk to this guy. But then if they go look online and they look, I want them to watch my videos. I want to say, oh, this right. guy, you know, then they feel like at least they have some some knowledge of me or know who I am. Besides having seen my signs now in yards and, right. and you know, they look on Zillow and see, oh yeah, he's closed multiple transactions in my town this month. 600 reviews and right, like all that, all that good stuff. So, so last question, if you were just sitting down with someone that said, it was kind of you in 2013 and you're like, Here's the three or four most important things you have to do if you're going to be in the luxury market. Yeah. What would those three or four things be? Okay. First thing is you have to create systems that are are that better that that not only and I would say when we we started working on our systems and mm -hmm. trying to give high level service when we were selling five hundred thousand dollar houses. Yeah. It, you know the key here is is people like your the luxury uh, clientele will judge they'll judge you more and they these people are typically i mean generally speaking in our market especially highly educated right um they they look at contracts for a living a lot of the time they're yep. negotiating big big deals big transactions in their field so you have to be that much better at those skills yeah so it's it, you know you really have like you have to step up that game and so we started stepping up the game before we ever sold luxury client, but then we found that it just translated. So yes. even though like my, my intention was not, I wasn't going out saying, "Hey, I'm a luxury agent." Um, in fact, sometimes I think that can like some agents are too luxury. Hey, I'm I'm, right. I'm, I'm so luxury. Yeah, and I think, it's like bougie. Yeah, yeah. and people just yeah. like the, the the luxury client wants they want the best person for the job, right. and that's not necessarily to them who sold you know a thousand homes, or that's yeah. not who sold you know yeah. it, you know sometimes it, that can help you get an intro. But ultimately, they're going to interview and pick the person that they think is going to help them achieve their goals, right? You know, and 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 get to their their bottom line, their goals. You know, whether it's selling a house or buying a house, they want to they want to meet those goals, and that's super important to them. So the first one's like systems, and when I hear that, I think organization. But I mean, are we talking, you know, yeah. like basic transaction management? Are we talking post, you know, post close communication? It's, like, give us an example. It's it's all of the above. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could tell you, like an example, the guy sold uh, sold the eight and a half million dollar house too last year. He was uh, tech executive, super busy guy. Um, you know, came in as an online lead, but ultimately, I wouldn't have converted that if, if I was just a, if I was me. You know, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, and yeah. I think that client would have never called me back, right? Because 
at the point he he got to me, and it was it was interesting because I met him to show him a house that was like seven and a half million dollars, and I had a listing I was prepping for market one street over. Mm-hmm. So I told him, you know, the one that I was prepping one street over was uh, a three million dollar house, but it we could have been scraped and built. It was an acre and a half lot, so it could have been scraped and built into a anything you want yeah. um, house, you know, in, in that area. And it was Los Gatos Saratoga Schools, right in my prime market. I graduated from Saratoga High, so it was, it was right in my primary market. And so, right in my, so I sent him over. I said, "Well, you know, are you interested in even possibly building?" Um, and I didn't well, intentionally think he would buy my listing. Sure. I just said, "Hey, can you go? Why don't you drive by my listing?" It's and it, because it was one street over, almost yeah, the go same see position. this opportunity. I said, yeah. yeah, go look over at my other house. You can, you know, drive by it. Um, and I said, you know, if you if you're interested, I'll I'll call the sellers and I can get you in, you know, tomorrow or next week or whenever you want to go. Um, and I think those types of things help seal that client. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it was, it, you know, but then the again we were able to create so, the creating value for the client because yeah. now the client's like, oh, he has opportunities for me that aren't just on the market. I've you know right. I, that just that one little thing. And we've done that many times. I, I tell my team we keep you know we keep our off market lists, and I'm like just. Share always it. offer the off markets. Right. right. You know, give them one or two off markets that are similar to what yeah. they to what they're looking for, because then now you have a value that's not they can't just get on Zillow. You know, right. everyone has Zillow, Redfin. I mean, any anybody can. And then they they think they can go represent themselves, so they can find the house. But if you have some, you have that secret list, then you can you can win that client and bring them over to uh, or bring them into your world. And right. then, you know, I mean, our market's pretty efficient. I'd say 80, 90% of the time or more, they buy a house that's on the market. Um, but if you've already brought them into your world, then they buy that house with you. So so the first one's systems and getting organized. The second one is clearly market knowledge. And the third one is like having the pocket listings and having the value, yeah. right? Like being yeah. able to show them something that they couldn't yeah. readily see on their own. What would you say is the like the fourth most important thing to really be successful in the in the quote unquote high end? I mean, you have to be immersed into the community that you sell, and you know, in the high end, and they 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 read that because these people, you know, when you, when you sell, and I've said this many times before, when you sell the luxury market, and one of my people have different definitions of luxury, but one of my definitions of luxury that I like is these people are buying a purchase of desire, not a purchase of necessity. Yeah, I would say, you know, every every like luxury type home I've ever sold, they had another house. Sometimes yeah. they rented that house and didn't sell the house. They, they, you know, their financial their financial needs were not that they had to have a house. Yeah, you know, in my in our market, are anybody probably buying a house less than two million single family homes less than two million? They just they need a house. Yeah, you know, it's it's a purchase of necessity. Yeah, and when you get to the luxury price points, again, they, these people are are later in their careers. They, you know, they're looking for something, and so they tend to be a little pickier about what they're buying. Yeah. So, um, so feeling like the agent has a tie into the community and really understands what they're looking for mm-hmm. is super important. Yeah. And I think that that's where, and again, I, it, it, you don't have to be from the, that, that's very common for agents to be from the community, the yeah. community they sell, but I've known agents that have become more successful than everybody else in the market. Yeah. Um, but I think they always found a way to tie themselves into the community. Yeah. I think they've always found a way to really create an anchor. And, and, you know, it could be some, sometimes it's they bought a house in that community and then started working in the community. Um, but if you're not there yet and you can't go buy a five, six million dollar house in your luxury community, uh, you could at least start by really getting to know the community, uh, making friends in the community, knowing people in the community, because then they'll, they'll recommend you because they know you, like you and trust you. Right. Right. And the one steady thing that, you know, you've said and everyone else has, which is like you just got another market inside and out from 
you know, who bought where, what's selling, what's not selling, why is it selling? You know, what are the opportunities in the marketplace? What are the what are the pieces of dirt that are valued at two million dollars you can put a ten million dollar house on? And it's all that and more. Yes. Yeah. The stakes are the stakes are that much higher you know, in the luxury market, and the higher you go in price point, the more subjective the pricing becomes. Right. So you know, a, example because we serve I serve Silicon Valley, and I've talked a lot about the Sarah Los Gatos market, but um, we uh, my wife and I bought a house on. Um, in Rio del Mar, right by the beach, and we ended up making that our primary residence uh, for personal reasons. One, yeah. I I like to start my mornings by walking down the beach every day. Yeah. So now this big transition has happened where people know us and they're starting to recommend us for uh, beach real estate. But on you know, and I know it's just like this in LA and in, mm-hmm. in Orange County too. Um, the pricing changes every little bit you get closer to the beach. For sure. And the and beyond that, where you are on the beach. You know, you go, there's there's parts of Santa Cruz that where, you know, I, I, when I first started learning the market, I, you know, under under 2,000 square feet, you know, 1,700 uh, square feet on like Los Olas Drive, $8 million, you know, versus other versus other areas where right. you could get 1,700 square feet right by the beach could be $3 million. Yeah. So, so understanding that pricing and being able to articulate to that client could be the difference between the client buying an $8 million property or a $3 million property with you or finding another agent who can articulate that properly. Right. It's the it's like the correlation, right? The correlation between streets, pricing, location, proximity, all of that. Yeah. All of that. Ian, this has been super fun, man. It's about time I finally get you on the show. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I've yeah, been a lot of fun. Thank yeah. You. Thank you so much for just, you know, you, uh, you know, you're just a bright star amongst all of our community. You know, I just, I watch you connect at all the events and it just makes me happy. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate yeah, this. Proud of you, brother. All right, man. All right. Thank you very much. So, guys, hey, make sure you like, subscribe, share, and hey, Ian, what's the best place to follow you? Instagram, Facebook, YouTube? All all of the above. We're Botcher Team on YouTube. Uh, Ian underscore Botcher on Instagram. You could uh, connect with me on Facebook. We'd love to to connect on social and uh, at an event. Yeah, and maybe have a glass of wine soon. All right. (laughs) Thanks so much, guys. We're out.